Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We're your hosts. My name's Chris Alvick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week we will be doing February 19th to 25th, 1990. We are back in 1990 and I guess let's get right on with it with this week in the news. So February 19th, an article from I think the LA Times said reunification likely in 1990. This was about Germany. Germany was still east and west Germany at this point. I thought it was already reunified by then. Secretary of State James A. Baker III said Sunday that he now believes there is an excellent chance that Germany will be reunified before the end of this year. Good call. Good call, Baker. Mr. Gorbachev did tear down that wall. Yes, yes he did. All right, February 20th, Bob Marley's brother dies in a shootout with police. The 19-year-old brother of the late Jamaican reggae star Bob Marley died in a shootout with Miami police after he frightened shoppers at a mall by stalking through stores with a 12-gauge shotgun. Is that a normal thing to do? Did he shoot the sheriff? I don't know. Hashtag one love. Mm. February 21st. (laughs) That's right. February 21st. Colin Firth Day for the uh, uninitiated. February 21st. World in brief. Japan. Cheney seeks more funds for defense. Defense Secretary Dick Cheney arrived from the Philippines seeking what the United States hopes will be a sizable increase in Japan's 2.4 billion annual support for American troops stationed in Japan. I had to double check the year on this one because I was like, what, Dick Cheney? I think he still had all his original body parts at this point. Ooh, maybe not the heart, though. No, well, he never had a heart. <laughs> February 22nd, students peer into the future. 17% of the 12,300 U.S. students surveyed said that all shopping would eventually be done from home. The remaining 83% said that most of it would be. Yeah, we're only, what, 16 years into the 21st century? This was about the 22nd century. This was like a, a national survey of high school students. Very interesting look into the future because like I think what this shows trends. is they were predicting trends, but they were predicting it a hell of a lot slower than it actually happened. Brick and mortar retail stores are undergoing kind of a hard time lately, and I think we're still predicting things slower than they're actually happening. Like Maybe. I remember a couple years ago, someone had posted a picture of a, an Amazon drone online, and oh, I remember so laughing about it. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, "Wow, that's ridiculous!" And okay, that was only a couple that, yeah. years ago. And now I'm thinking, "When are we going to get that?" Bring on the drones! Yeah, drones. February twenty third, company news. Apple computer cut some prices the price of the macintosh se with who floppy disk drives <laughs> drops 300 dollars to a whopping 2459 dollars and the price of an se slash 30 with four megabytes of ram and an 80 megabyte hard drive drops a thousand dollars to 5569 holy crap macs have always been expensive but this is nuts unbelievable yeah i like how far computer prices have fallen and like five grand for that is laughable. My phone has more memory than that. Hell, probably a router has more capabilities than that. Yep. Yeah. February 24th, Canada's cabinet shuffled in a bid for polls boost. So Brian Mulroney, prime minister at the time, shook up his cabinet on Friday in a bid to revive his ailing conservative government in the polls. Of note, Douglas Lewis became the transport minister and his old position as justice minister was taken over by newcomer Kim Campbell, who would later become Canada's first female prime minister. For three months months. Yay. That's a quality. Oh my god. So February 25th, rounding out the week, Rocky comes a rapping at Edgar Allan Poe's door. <laughs> I'm just gonna read this quote right from the article. Suddenly there came a tapping as if someone gently rapping 
rapping at my chamber door. Yo. Edgar Allan Poe meets Sylvester Stallone. So I guess while they were filming Rocky V, Sylvester Stallone took a break to visit the Edgar Allan Poe National Historic Site. I guess Stallone was really down with Poe. Um, at one point, I guess he even wrote a screenplay for a movie about the Raven. I don't think that ever happened, but that's cool. It's, uh, yeah, Rocky V. That's the fifth one. So just a couple, couple lingering notes from the week. Last week, we should have done 1990. We didn't realize it at the time, and we spun the wheel, so it was above board anyway. But if you were living through this week and you were a kid, chances are you were engrossed in Super Mario 3, which came out on February 12th, 1990, and was easily one of the biggest selling video games of all time. 17.28 million copies. Incredible. Yeah, that's that's insane. You know what's also kind of interesting? The amount of time between the Japanese and American release on this. Yeah. It was like two years. Yeah, it was a big, big span. Nowadays, I think you've got maybe nine months at the most before people are just clamoring for it i know and a uh, lot of games are now having equal worldwide releases that's true or just at least a lot closer together not two years but yeah mario 3 is a great game one last thing of note for this week people were reveling in the pale blue dot photograph of the earth this was taken on february 14th 1990 but obviously still lingering in the news uh, the photo was taken by the voyager 1 space probe from a record distance of about 6 billion kilometers as part of the family portrait series of images of the solar system pale blue dot yeah it was one of those things that really put things into perspective for people at the time to see everything everything we know all the people your job your kids everything in one faint blue fuzzy photo yeah space is big deal with it. all right let's move on to movies and music so on the billboard top 100 at number one we have paula abdul's opposites attract this was a really interesting music video to watch so it kind of had a who framed roger rabbit-esque mashup of animation and live action so there's this cat this animated cat who raps along he's named mc scat cat <laughs> and i guess they're pretty opposite you know she's a female human a real person and he's an animated male cat who might want to take a shit on her chest it's a scat cat he's, scat in, he's, in, he's into that weird shit that's definitely what that means exactly i'm not reading into that any further all right moving down the list we have escapade janet jackson at number two dangerous by roxette at three this all or good. nothing this is good no. Millie Vanilli number four. Yeah, Dangerous by Roxette is pretty good of a song. I liked it. Fair enough. All or Nothing, Millie Vanilli number four. I think this was their last song before they were oh, yeah. outed. Yeah, uh, it was the last single before the whole lip syncing thing really came to light. It had already been speculated because I think there was a track skipping thing before it, but this was the last single before they were like, yeah, yeah, guys, we fucked up. Yep. Rounding out the top five, we have What Kind of Man Would I Be by Chicago. The song's eh. It's okay. I think Chicago was well past their peak by this point. Their best stuff was, you know, late 70s, early 80s. Ooh, Rome by the B-52s is at six. Great song. I think Rock Lobster is way down the list as well. 11, we've got Black Velvet by Alana Miles, Canadian icon, which is oh. a really good song to sing along to. Number 17 should be a number one. Just a Friend by Biz Marquis. Oh, Remember yeah. when they did it on Sunny? Oh, yeah. God, that was funny. Not a lot else. There's a, what, Phil Collins song. Michael Bolton. That was, that was number one when we, on the first episode. That's true. How Am I Supposed to Live Without You by Michael Bolton. He's, he's fallen. Yeah, fallen from grace. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty much the list. That's, yeah. That's all I got this week. 
Yeah, so that's about it for music. I guess we'll move on to movies next. Number one at the box office this week is Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. There's not a lot of not a lot of good stuff on here. A lot of holdovers from episode one, like Steel Magnolias, Little Mermaid, Born on the Fourth, on the 4th of, July. of July. But I mean, we've got Driving Miss Daisy at number one. Hard to Kill, the uh, a Sylvester Stallone movie. No, no, Steven Seagal. That's a Steven Seagal movie. Pre or post gut? Just kidding. He hasn't gotten all of them. Three Madhouse, four Revenge, and then yeah, we're pretty much back onto all the stuff that. That was already already on the first episode. Oh, Roger and Me's on here. Yeah. This was Michael Moore's first movie, wasn't it? Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's about it for the weekend box office. Not a lot going on for movies and music. Well, Driving Miss Daisy was like, it that was killed at the Oscars that year. That's true. Yeah. We're going to revisit Where Were They Then, which is a segment where uh, we look back at uh, where they were then. That that's was a the terrible name. introduction. Yeah. It's perfect. Let's keep it. So Ben Stiller had a small part in the movie Stella, which was in the box office this week. Ben Stiller, son of Jerry Stiller, who we know most of all from Seinfeld, but he had a he had a huge career before this. Yeah, Jerry Stiller was George Costanza's father. Ben Stiller's his son. And this was one of his first movies before he went on to, you know, there's something about Mary, Zoolander, and all that. All that good Ben Stiller stuff. Cool. Yeah. 90s news now. We don't really have anything for this week. Nope. Interesting fact though this depressed me this is going to depress you too ted cruz is younger than gwen stefani by a year that's weird i just feel uncomfortable it's like eh. let's move on to something a little happier more comfortable on this week on finally moving away from seinfeld as it didn't exist yet the simpsons season one episode eight the telltale head bart gets more than he bargained for when he saws the head off a statue of the town's founder good old jebediah springfield yeah this was season one the simpsons still had a lot of moral messages at the time and this was I guess overall about peer pressure and the shit that you can get into when you give into what other people want you to do or what are, what you think other people want you to do. This was overall a really cromulent episode. I liked it. It was still crude animation. Crude-er animation. Yeah. The voices weren't quite down yet. Homer sounds a little weird. Oh, the episode's title is a reference to the short story The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Reppin' our boy... Mr. Poe. Yeah, this is a pretty good episode of The Simpsons. I think this is one of the first episodes that I saw, oh, yeah. actually. I remember watching this as a kid. I was in grade one. I was over at a friend's house. My parents did not let me watch The Simpsons. Yeah, I couldn't watch The Simpsons. His parents were less hands-on. And uh, yeah, this is the first one I saw. This is where I fell in love with The Simpsons. That was a thing. Parents not letting their kids watch The Simpsons. Now, should we just move on to the 90s spotlight? Do we have anything else uh, to say about yeah. this episode? Oh, just, just one quote. Oh, yeah. Okay, so my... F- favorite line from this just completely taken out of context when they're bringing the head of jebediah springfield back homer's just talking to bart you know bart when i was your age i pulled a few boners now obviously in context boners is referring to mistakes you know he fucked up um however we're still children he pulled some boners ha 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 Ah, double entendre. Wow. All right, moving into our 90s spotlight. This week, we're going to take a look back at 90s gaming. As I said before, Super Mario 3, one of the biggest games of all time. I've spent probably hundreds of hours playing this game. I've spent a lot of time on this. I played Super Mario World more than anything, but yeah, you guys were just all into Mario 3. Oh, so fun. Mm -hmm. There's a big divide between gaming today and what gaming used to be. Like, if you get stuck somewhere, you can go on 
online. You can Google it. There are walkthroughs. It's easy. Yeah. Back in the 90s, you had what? You had Nintendo Power. Mm -hmm. If there was a Nintendo Power issue out for the game you were playing. Otherwise, you had like Game Shark or Game Genie, maybe. If you wanted wanted to cheat. And cheat codes. Cheat codes were so cool. Cheat codes were a big thing. Yeah. They're not as as much anymore. Yeah. I guess because things have made such a shift towards online gaming, it's a lot less cool to cheat. One of my favorite games to play on Nintendo was Duck Hunt. I was so good at Duck Hunt and I learned very recently, like within the last year or so, that in Duck Hunt, the player with the gun, obviously when we played as kids, it was just a one player game. You pass the gun back and forth. Yeah. I did not know that player two could pick up the controller and control the ducks. This is actually true. This is actually a true thing. I want to try it one of these days. We should try it one of these days. Yeah. Now, what was your favorite cheat code back in the day? One of my favorite cheat codes was probably Grand Theft Auto 3. I think this may have been post 90s, but it was still still a good cheat code. Just the ones where you can uh, spawn all the tanks. Ooh, Uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron had some really good cheat codes. The Naboo Starfighter. Naboo Starfighter, you could get that um that chevy what? convertible oh yeah you get the millennium falcon mm-hmm. i just lo- i just those are good ones yeah yeah like we had these codes committed to memory yeah that's what you had to do back then nowadays you just google like you like, learn them hey, by word of mouth the, yeah <laughs> you write it down on a piece of paper i remember getting an issue of nintendo power just because it had a walkthrough guide for the water temple in Ocarina of Time, which was impossible. Even with the walkthrough, it wasn't easy. Yeah, I've, I've actually never beaten a Zelda game. Oh, fun fact about Zelda. That is Robin Williams' daughter's name. He loved Nintendo so much, he named his daughter Zelda. And who wouldn't? I mean, if How you're... cool is that? Yeah. I mean, it's either that or what? Princess Toadstool? Zelda's a much classier name. Much Zelda classier. Williams rolls off the tongue a lot better than Princess Toadstool Williams. It's true. I'm going to name my firstborn Rocket League. Rocket League? Yeah. Rocket League Thompson. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our sponsorship segment. As you know, every week we like to pretend that we live in a world where where we're paid to do the podcast. We By don't. things that probably don't have the ability to pay us, but True. hey, Spe- whatever. Speaking of, uh, this week is brought to you by Irrational 90s Fears, focusing on acid rain. That's right. Do you remember being freaked the hell out by acid rain in the 90s? I think it was the Fox Network's fault mostly for just imbuing our souls with all of these irrational fears. But acid rain was up there. Just the idea that you could go out and basically the stuff of life, rain, could harm you, could like melt, melt you melt away. Melt you on the street. I remember watching news segments about this and just looking outside in fear. But there was actually a little something to be afraid of. So in 1991, there was a study done on acid rain in the U.S. and it was reported that 5% of all lakes in New England were acidic. Beyond that, fun fact, since 98, Harvard every winter has covered their bronze statues because of degradation due to acid rain and something called acid snow, which I mean, I guess makes sense that that it's a thing, but I've never heard the term before Acid snow. Acid snow. So, we'd like to thank uh, we'd like to thank acid rain for scaring the hell out of us as kids. Like, I still played outside when it rained but this was actually was in my mind every time. Well, I remember that one episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer quits the nuclear plant and then at the end has to go back when he quits his job at the bowling alley. He gets the bowling jacket from all the all the guys there and then it melts away melts from the acid rain. rain. <laughs> 
Yeah. None of his other clothes, dude. Just the no, jacket. No, just the jacket. So that about rounds out uh, this episode of the podcast. Here's the thing, though. We'd normally be spinning the wheel, but we're uh, we're recording at Connor's place today, and uh, there's no wheel here. So next week, um, next week is a surprise. Yeah, well, let's just we'll just do a year we haven't done yet. Maybe, yeah, like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we'll we'll look through and see a year we haven't done yet, and just cover that. Other than that, make sure to like us, subscribe to us check out our facebook we're going to be trying to post more to our instagram as well if you have any questions or comments hit us up on our email stuck in the 90s that's nine zero podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on facebook twitter whatever you want to do shout out to the couple people who have actually sent us emails yeah. in addition to commenting on facebook and that sort of thing it's been very cool uh, we're going to incorporate your ideas into the podcast obviously we're not going to ruin any of them now but it's been really cool talking to some of you guys and from all over canada and the us too yeah that was crazy yeah. um shout out to that guy in california for sending us an email that's really cool yeah yeah thanks all right well the, the podcast, podcast is, is now over. over that's still a thing still a thing